This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our first sponsor today is Navy Hair Care. I have been working with Navy Hair Care since they launched back in 2018. At that time, I was about a year postpartum with our third child, and my hair was experiencing some trouble after some significant postpartum hair loss. Navy really helped to strengthen my hair, and I noticed a big difference about one to two months after using it regularly. With biotin, vitamins, and rosemary oil, This shampoo and conditioner combo has been part of my daily routine for years now. I also use the charcoal mask every one to two weeks to help revitalize my hair. It helps to dry out toxins, heavy metals, and impurities, which we have plenty of since we have well water. This mask will leave your hair feeling incredibly soft and lightweight. You can use the code Lindsay, L-Y-N-Z-Y, for 30% off your order. And I will leave the links to the products I mentioned within the show notes. Hello, everyone. Today I am chatting with Amy Wicks. Amy is a faith-based Enneagram coach, speaker, and writer who lives in Kansas City with her tree-climbing arborist husband and three kids who can be found on the limbs of a tree themselves. She is the voice of the weekly Simply Wholehearted podcast and is the author of Should Christians Use the Enneagram? She loves giving her time to help female entrepreneurs create life rhythms and a business they love with the help of the Enneagram. She also has a helpful Enneagram guidebook for mompreneurs that I will link within the show notes. In today's episode, we will define what the Enneagram is, Talk about how it can be helpful in understanding yourself and your relationships with others, and even how it applies to motherhood. We will talk about each of the personality types and much more. This is a fun conversation. And I'm excited for it. Let's dive in. Just a little disclaimer before we start this episode. This podcast does not provide medical advice. The information on this podcast is for informational purposes only. No material on this site is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Welcome, Amy Wicks, to the show. Excited to have you today. I'm thrilled to be here. We're going to have ourselves a good conversation. Yes, I'm I'm really, really excited about this. So I want to start off by saying it's so strange when I was, so I was like fresh out of school. I was 23 years old and I was in New York City, like doing this interview and to be a PA in New York City. And I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. You know, everything I could dream of, you know, I just wanted to like go to the big city and like get out of like my rural community and, and work there for a little while. And so I was doing this interview and, you know, the whole experience is a whole other story in and of itself that I'll probably never tell, but the interview (laughs) was- Now I want to know. I know, right? (laughs) It was very strange. 
it was very strange from the get-go. But when I first started that job, I ended up getting the job. I started it. I was required to take like a bunch, a bunch of these like personality tests, like including like the Myers Briggs, like huh. to start working there. Isn't wow. that really interesting? Yeah. And so I think about that all the time because of course that never happened to me again as a PA, like having to like like be required to take personality tests. But it was like part of like my onboarding. Like I wonder if like I had answered differently in the personality test if they would have been like, oh sorry. <laughs> You aren't who we're looking for. Isn't that so strange? Anyways, I was like, this, you know, we're talking all about, you know, personality and the Enneagram today. So I was like, I just found that to be so fascinating. So why don't you start off by telling us? Like, I want to hear your story about, you know, like how did you get involved with the Enneagram and how did you make it into this like business venture? And of course, we'll define what the Enneagram is and all of that, but I'd love to hear how you personally got involved in it. Well, I'm sure your story only rewinds back like five years because you're super young and your first introduction was <laughs> fresh out of school, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, girl. I wish. I've been doing it for 14 years. I have to take right? five though. <laughs> uh, but I too had this, I don't know, maybe just bent already towards personality tests Growing up in the 80s and 90s, you didn't hear a whole lot about it except for some smatterings of the, oh, it's the animal test where you, are you a lion? Are you a beaver, an otter? And then coming into the late 90s, I started a college internship program and they started talking about the DIS test. And I I loved that. I love that aspect of it. It was in given to us in a way to help build the team better and communication. And I totally nerded out over it. And from that point, I would, I don't know, my ears would kind of perk up anytime I heard personality discussions. Of course, this is a little bit before all the like 25,000 tests out there, you know, know your friend type or your cheese type or all of those different things that are available to us today. And knowing this a little bit about myself was beneficial, but it was also really helpful learning personality types and viewpoints of other people. Like how I interact with them didn't necessarily change, but it helped me understand in some form or fashion. Well, fast forward, got married, had kids really fast and in quick succession, I had three kids in three and a half years. And yes, I just about died, <laughs> but I've lived to tell about it. And I I found myself having entering into this season of motherhood going, holy cow, I was really excited about this, did want this at some point in my life, but here I am. I feel like I've lost who I am and this is harder. I I, I didn't really know what I was signing up for. And part of that just I think a lot of moms can testify to the sense of losing oneself in those early years. And you're just up to your eyeballs and spit up and diapers and sleepless nights. And you're wondering, who am I? And this person that I used to be, I don't know who she is anymore. I, I don't even feel the same. But in in those kind of muddling through years, I formed different friendships and we had moved a lot of times, but a lot of the conversations kind of came back to this topic of feeling that motherhood threw them into this maybe tailspin or or just a new sense of okay who who am i now who am i really what are the things that are in my heart the desires the longings and what are my motivations even in motherhood or 
how I engage with my kids and my kids engage with me differently than I did as a kid or how I expected all these different wonderings. Well, when I heard about the Enneagram at first, I thought it was Enneagram. I wasn't even sure how to Google it. (laughs) It was just this weird word. And I thought, oh, you know, just some other fun personality type. But as I did figure out how to spell it and how to research it for the first time, it was something that really got me that it, it started talking about these things beneath the surface, not just my actions, not just my outward behavior, but things beneath the surface. And it really caught my attention because suddenly I had language, not only for myself, but I had language to understand why my friend, my sister, my neighbor did things differently than me, not just from actions, but why motherhood looked different on them, why maybe they had different struggles than I did. And sometimes they were the same, but we had maybe a a different emotional struggle from it. And and so therein lies kind of the beginning of me dipping my toes into the Enneagram stream. And ultimately for me, it became a tool and a resource. I was already mentoring and helping a lot of moms, whether in my community or in a larger space. And sometimes in my community, my faith community, we would call it discipleship even. And the Enneagram gave me ability to maybe walk a mile in someone else's shoe or at least put on someone else's lenses so I could see how they view the world and I could give them helpful encouragement and direction that wasn't just because it worked for me, but something that would actually speak to them. So that's a little bit about the Enneagram really in a nutshell. If we had two hours, well, that's a whole nother story. (laughs) (laughs) I love how you mentioned, you know, how motherhood looks differently really with with all the different types right with with a type 1 versus a type 8 and and motherhood and how they deal with certain situations with their children or how they deal with certain situations as a mother is going to look differently depending on where they fall in that in that personality type and I can't even remember my first interaction. I believe it was with my friend Carla, where she was just kept mentioning it, mentioning it. And so I was like, okay, this was like a couple of years ago. I was like, okay, I'm just going to take this thing. Like you keep talking about it. I'm (laughs) annoyed. Like, okay, fine. Let me just, she's always like, you're definitely an eight wing seven. And so I'm like, well, okay, well, I'll, I'll tell you, let me see what I really am yeah, type of thing. Yeah. I'll find so, out for myself. Um, sure you. enough, sure enough, strong eight, wing seven, and she's a seven wing eight. So it's uh-huh. so funny because we we are like best, best friends and met through, actually with through influencing. She's like one of the the only people, I have a few people that I have talked to that I've kept in touch with since I had left. And and she's just such an amazing person. And so I'm like, it's so funny that we get along so well. And I swear it's because of how our personalities match up so well. But yeah, so I ended up taking the test and I was like, oh, this is really, really helpful just in understanding. It's, it's so helpful in understanding so many things, but I loved that it made me understand myself and why I react to the react to things the way that I do the reason why I you know the weaknesses and the strengths were just like so like they were perfect in describing you know how I've felt my entire life and 
knowing that I could fall into this like packaged little like personality type, it made me feel like, oh, wow, like with all the weaknesses I have that I've definitely seen in myself throughout the years, oh, this is how I can work on those. And then it's really cool because then you can kind of see how your personality type integrates with other personality types. And you can say, okay, well, I know that my friend over here that I've been having trouble with, she might be, you know, a five or she might be a four, you know, whatever she might be, whatever you think they might be, you could have them take the test. And then you can say, okay, well, this is how our relationship could be better. You know, I know that she, these are her strengths and these are her weaknesses or, you know, his or hers, or you know, whatever. It's so cool because you can dig deeper into relationships that you might be having trouble with, or even with your own partner, you know, I don't understand why they do this, you know? And it's like, oh, wait, but I can understand them on this deeper level of like, these, this is their personality. And this is, this is how they see the world. And if I'm able to see it there with them, and this is, this is how they, this, I can help them kind of work on those, the, what they might have for weaknesses within their, you know, within their personality type. Anyways, it's just like such a cool, it's such a cool thing. And I can't remember if the, there's a $12 test, which is the one I took. And I'm pretty sure it even integrates how you interact with all the other different types. Like, it's, like if your partner is a force, it'll give you tips and tricks on like how to adjust, you know, how you might go about things within your own relationship if you're, you know, depending on what personality type you are with, which is really fascinating. Tell us how many types there are and tell us how you think knowing more about the Enneagram can be more helpful for others. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we talked a lot about it so far, but just more thoughts that you might have. I love finding out your an eight-wing eight wing seven and your seven-wing eight friend called you on it. And I am a fellow seven-wing eight. Now, we can talk about wings and all that sort of stuff, and that might be kind of confusing. It's okay. Just, you know, we're... If you're a newbie to the Enneagram, I have a way to kind of coax you into the waters so you know what you're getting into. And there, there's unfamiliar lingo now, and pretty soon it'll be old hat. But but yeah, I would agree. It's just so fun. Ultimately, every Enneagram type can get along. There's no reason why you can't have a relationship, whether marriage or friendship or sibling or parent-child, all those different things. But it is really interesting to see how certain types do collaborate really well, whether it's on a work project or just just get each other in a different way. And that is the gift of the Enneagram. I think you you even hinted at this, oh, it I finally have language. I have words to articulate how I really feel inside, what I'm really thinking, why I'm reacting the way I am instead of responding and all all those little nuances. And and that's what I appreciate. And yeah, there are tons of websites we're going to give you. Absolutely. We're going to offer different paths that you can take into discovering your type and research it. The thing is, is once you find the Enneagram, there is no lack of information out there. The, the, the ultimate caveat I give is just, you know, maybe just pick a small handful of gurus to listen to or research so you don't overwhelm yourself and you don't get conflicting information because that can happen as well. But ultimately, yes, Enneagram in its very basic language form for in, in its basic English for or <laughs> 
that second cup of coffee. Yeah, it's not quite done yet. (laughs) (laughs) When you look at the breakdown of the word, inia in Greek means nine. And gram means diagram or picture. So when you hear Enneagram, it's a nine-parted figure. So when you Google it, you'll see this shape. It's not a pentagram, I promise. But this shape that has nine points on it and there's lines connecting. Those lines are significant, but that's what I'm going to say is, you know, that's Enneagram 201. Just, you know, trust me on it. They have a reason for the connections and the lines. But those nine different points represent nine different ways of looking at the world. I call it sort of, say, if you were doing color therapy and using different lenses, you will you will put on those color glasses and it doesn't change any actual color in the room that you're looking at, but it changes the perspective of how you look at the room. And that is what the Enneagram personalities represent is the nine different perspectives and ways of moving out in the world. Now, Enneagram, the difference between say Myers-Briggs distest, which are all fabulous in their strength finders. I mean, the list goes on and on. Plus the funny ones, like I referred to earlier, you know, what type of cheese are you or what kind of friends character are you? But the Enneagram outlines and gives insight to your motivations, core fears, longings, desires, things that are more involved in your internal world and therefore directly relate to your mental health. And that's why it's such a fabulous tool and why I'm using it with my clients and, you know, sometimes my clients, it takes a while for them to even find their type, but the gift of that process is the self-awareness journey. And in the self-awareness journey, we begin to uncover story. We, we begin to uncover the things that are maybe holding us back or things that have even harmed us in the past words unintentionally or intentionally. So the Enneagram gives all those nine different perspectives. And from the, that, there's even so many nuances and varieties within those nine types that technically, if you were, if you're wanting a hard number, there's 108 different varieties out there of number combinations of stress and growth and wings and patterns of behavior and all of that. So in its simplest form, there's nine different personality types. As you dive deeper, you realize, oh, The way I show up as a seven wing eight might look different than another seven wing eight because of their story and their subtypes, their life experience. And that's the beauty of it is that the Enneagram is here to help you understand what box you maybe have stepped in and even put yourself in. And then it gives you path through self-awareness of going, okay, how can I get out of that box? So those things that have hindered me, maybe all my life even, or say, especially in your motherhood, don't have to hold you back anymore. And you can work on different action steps and practices, mindful practices, contemplative practices that can help you get out of that box and and really be the, the full, healthy, or what I term wholehearted self that we really desire to be ultimately to our community. So I love that. So when you first said, you know, you were defining what the Enneagram is and you said there's nine points and that this was just your view and your perspective on the world. So we could all be looking at, 
you know, we could all be looking at a tree and we're all, we all have the same glasses on and we're all seeing it and, and interpreting it in, in a different way. And I think this is so incredibly helpful in, in this day and age, in, in August, 2022, right. When there's, there's so much stress just societally and what's been going on with our division in the country. And I feel like when we are able to understand that's the way that someone else deals, especially with dealing with stress, right? Just take apart, like if you just put aside the actual issue and you just like lay on all that stress, I mean, people are going to respond differently just related to stress in general. With these different topics, you know, people are going to respond very, very differently. And you know, they might actually agree with your particular endpoint, but the way they get there might be very, very different. And it's like, you might at first be like, well, I don't agree with that, but actually you guys can get both get to the same endpoint. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, I feel like learning more about the Enneagram and even doing this test and trying to learn more about yourself and it'll It'll make you have much more awareness in other people and and it'll give you more compassion and empathy to how they feel about certain things. And it might make you a little bit more open to hearing and understanding people. As an Enneagram 8, this has always been very hard for me because I, so, you know, we love to fight for injustices. And so whenever I see someone that is, you know, being harmed in some way, whatever it might be. I feel every, you know, every inch of my body needs to fight for that person no matter what. And so if I hear somebody else saying, well, you know, they might be in that predicament because of, X, you know, whatever it is that they're saying, I will immediately fight back and just, you know, I am fighting for that person no matter what. And I can't hear anything else. And and that's just one particular topic. But like, so I get kind of like, I get blinded. I have like these blinders on and I'm like, no, this is the goal. I need to, you know, fight for this. And that's that. And so it's very hard for me to hear other people and understand where other people are coming from. And so that's like something I, you know, it's like one of my weaknesses, it's what I have to work on. And I truly believe that the <laughs> learning more about the Enneagram has like helped me to kind of get into that space where I'm able to listen and understand and all of those things. So I just love that you had mentioned that because I feel like it's such an important, it's just like, it's just such an important way to describe what the Enneagram can do, you know, and show you. So I know that we had briefly mentioned, you know, eight wing seven, seven wing eight, that sort of thing. Can you just briefly describe like, so obviously when you take this test, it'll put you into this box. So say your, you know, your Enneagram type is type nine. So what would it mean to be a type nine wing seven or type nine wing one? Like, what does that mean? I love that you asked this and even your preface of explaining a little bit more how you react in life or how you respond and navigate, because I want to put it in to three different categories and we'll go from there. So I love asking this, whether it's a group of people or just having a conversation, do you tend to be more a ready, 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 aim, fire, or are you a ready, aim, 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 fire? Or are you a fire, aim, ready? When you hear those different 
processes, those are each indicative of a communication style that is reflected through the different Enneagram types. So the goal is ready, aim, fire. Calm, that's a a reflection of a response and not a reaction, right? (laughs) Ready, aim, fire. I rarely get this right as <laughs> the most of us okay so this is not an aim for perfection but this is the the depiction in the picture so when we're talking about the ready 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 aim fire the types that fall into this category are are the 4 the 5 and the 9 and they tend to withdraw and retreat in their communication style or what is called a stance when they engage with the world. Also with relationships. And again, just as you pointed out so well here, a a four, a five, and a nine might feel the same way you do about an injustice, but how they'll go about changing it or feeling compelled to change it will look very, very different. So notice I'm not going in order here, but I wanted to kind of give a group of communication style to give you a picture of how those are similar and how they engage in life. The ready, aim, 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 fire is a lot more like the type one, the type two, and the type six. And those are also what you call the dutiful stance. And they tend to go along to get along. They're they're looking to, they're ready, but they're trying to decide and they're aiming who they should maybe align with, how they should be a team player, how they should engage in group thinking and making sure that everyone is taken care of in the process. And then you have the fire aim ready types. And I am part of this. Lindsay, you're part of this. <laughs> That's <laughs> so not the, surprising. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, the yeah. three, the seven, and the eight. And again, those aren't going in order, but those are a group of the assertive types, we call them. And they are going to go towards people to make the change that they want to see, whether that's a desire to achieve and be successful or to have fun and entertainment excitement, or as as you to right the wrongs of the world. And if you see an injustice, man, you are going to do something about it. There's hardly holding you back except for wisdom and maturity where you're like, okay, maybe I don't need to get into this fight <laughs> or there's a different way to go about it. <laughs> so those those are the different communication styles. And the reason why I like to start with that is to get you thinking bigger picture instead of just a number. How do I engage with the world? Because this right here, if only people figured out where they fit in the stance and where their partner, where their kids and their coworkers fit, man, it changes the conversation. It changes how you disagree. It changes how you move forward on a project. It changes how you even discipline and train your kids. And it helps you understand my husband fits in the ready, 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 aim, fire category. He's a nine. And here I am firing ready. Why we approach conflict in such a different way and helping us learn, being able to learn this about each other and about ourselves has helped us navigate and really avoid, preempt a lot of things that didn't need to be that big of an issue because now we understood where each other was coming from. 
This episode is sponsored by Bombas. Bombas would make a great gift for anyone on your list this year. Gift a pair of incredibly comfortable slippers, t-shirt, or socks that fit any activity on your gift recipients list this year and give back to those in need with every purchase. Bombas' mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to somebody in need. Most recently, they worked with their partners at Global Empowerment Mission to donate over 219,390 units of socks and underwear in a range of sizes and styles to help support humanitarian relief efforts in Ukraine. Their clothing is the type that you find yourself going back to every day. Everything is soft, breathable, tagless, and seamless. Their no-show socks, my personal favorite, are great for workouts and they never fall down. They truly are the best socks I have ever put on my feet. Their holiday collection puts a modern twist on traditional festive colors and designs. Think rich purples and greens, geometric snowflake designs, sweater-inspired textures, and retro ski patterns. Perfect to put in a stocking. Go to bombas.com slash Lindsay, that's L-Y-N-Z, and use the code Lindsay for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Lindsay, L-Y-N-Z-Y, and use the code Lindsay at checkout. Bombas.com slash Lindsay. Code Lindsay. The link will also be in my bio. So that's a quick glimpse. I could give you a rundown of each type in like a couple of words if that would be helpful. Yeah. So I actually have that on on my list of things I wanted to talk about. So I would love, you know what I'd love to do? Can we do like a breakdown of each type and just like a few words of, of what that type has for personality and then kind of dive into that and and relate it to motherhood in a way. So like, for example, like, you know, they typically say that an Enneagram type nine is like the laid back mom. They, you know, create this very peaceful environment for their kids. They encourage creativity. They're very supporting, very understanding. And so I think it's fun to kind of describe a little bit, you know, what the mother would be like in that specific personality type too. Yes. And you will be thrilled to learn as anyone else who is learning, especially for the first time, I've actually created a, I call it a mompreneur guide, but really motherhood and Enneagram guide to understand yourself better. And as you read it, it's even really helpful to read the whole thing and figure out which one feels more like you. I even refer to this very aspect of the communication style. So that way you can go, oh, okay, I see how this all connects. So it gives the big picture because admittedly, I I don't, I'm going to give a general idea, but I feel like if you want a deeper dive, that's might be a great resource, especially as it relates to motherhood. But where I like to start sometimes is in different triads. And that is the triads help us understand our how we make decisions even, which is so fascinating and our emotional struggle, all these really cool things, but it also helps us go in a fun little order. And since you're an eight, Lindsay, we're going to start with the eight. So that works out perfectly. <laughs> so the eight is also known as the challenger. They're very motivated by making injustices right and to 
protect those who are maybe defenseless, that they deem defenseless or who are vulnerable and need defending. And so they come in and they're going to, they don't challenge just for the sake of argument, but they're challenging to make change. They're very motivated to do that. And in motherhood, you might be the one who calls your kids to a higher responsibility because you know they're capable of it. And you see, yes, I know that's challenging or that's hard things, but you're you're the one who's going, you can do hard things. You can step up to this. And on the flip side, eights are very nurturing as well. When you are in their circle of trust and when you are an eights person, you have a forever friend. Like that eight has your back. And that is such a gift. And just mama bear is sometimes, you know, really applicable to all the types. But when I, when I think of mama bear, ultimately I kind of see an Enneagram eight mom in my mind (laughs) and she's going to protect her cubs and do all those things. And, and also she'll be the first on the playground to call out the bully for sure. (laughs) And then we're going to go up to the highest point on the diagram. Now the highest point, the nine and the, the highest number is not indicative of being better than or anything else. It's just how it fits on the diagram. But the nine is known as the peacemaker. And they are the ones who are motivated to have har- harmony and unity with in their family, within their home. They definitely might be more of a homebody and they fit in that withdrawing category where they might tend to retreat more than assert themselves. They love to be a, a calm place for their kids and where they kind of provide a sense of retreat from the world. And, and they're just, they are very motivated to have that harmony within their home. So if they have a home with a lot of assertive kids, say who are more loud and rambunctious and aggressive, even that can be really hard and draining for a nine. And that can be, that can be a challenge as they're really, as they're motivated to create that home environment. And they're going to be they're going to be more intentional on also creating and making that space, maybe more than the other types. Now, the type one is known as the reformer and sometimes even the perfectionist. And a one really desires to know that they are good and right. And sort of like the eight where the eight is challenging the injustice, the the one is as well, but they're more from like their moral point of view. They really have a sense of what is right and what is wrong. And both the eight and the one sometimes have a hard time going, how does anyone else not see this as right? Or like, how could you see that? That is, you know, as right. It's so wrong. And the the one is going to go through life in a little bit more of an orderly fashion. They can't help but see things that need to be fixed. And they, they usually are ones fixing the problem, trying to create a solution or just giving their effort to create a solution. The ones also really struggle with just a nod to the one, they struggle with the inner critic. And I kind of dub it as the mean girl. And it's sometimes so loud and deafening. And a a type one mom might really struggle with feeling like, are they good enough? Are they a good enough mom? Are they doing everything right? And there tends to be a lot of pressure. So I do work with a lot of type one clients who desire to get better, but also to get free of that mean girl voice. So that way it doesn't rule their life or even suck the life out of them ultimately from enjoying the moment and 
and being okay with the messes. (laughs) The two is known as the helper or the supporter, and they are oftentimes seen as the most nurturing types in the Enneagram. Now, again, I want to just like make sure that in our descriptions that everyone knows there's not like one type that's better than the other. They all have amazing qualities and character traits and they all equally have their struggles. The two, while naturally and intuitively knowing what others' needs are, they in the end, whether they're meeting the needs of their kids, their spouse, their coworkers, their community, their friends, they will overextend themselves to depletion. And the two really struggles with the boundaries that are needed in order to make sure the people in their home are taken care of in the right order, that they don't get neglected because the two, while helping is really good and nice, they might be doing it in order to feel a sense of being wanted and loved, not necessarily truly from an altruistic motive. motive. So the two has to really caution themselves, okay, why am I really helping this person? Is it to feel special and and wanted or am I helping because I know they really need help and I am truly the best person to do it and I have the margin to do it. So every mom needs to hear that you need to put your oxygen mask on first and take, you know, take in the soul care that you need, but the two, I have to often say it like five times more. <laughs> so the three is known as the successful achiever and they're really driven to accomplish and to to do these amazing things for the world. There's a quote from one of my all-time favorite books, Little Women that I'm going to totally botch here. And I I advocate that Joe March is a seven-wing eight or an eight-wing seven for sure. But there's a quote in the book about how she was just meant to do all these amazing things. And it's a shame that she was a, a woman because she was made for so much more. And she just encapsulate in this quote what I think a three just the three has visions of grandeur, and that is such a gift to the world. I mean, threes get things done, and they're doing usually big, awesome things. But that's where when a three steps into motherhood, it can suddenly really throw them for a loop because what? <laughs> I didn't even do a load of laundry today. Accomplishment, which is so important for a three, goes to like nothing in the, especially in those early stages and can be an ongoing struggle for an Enneagram three who really loves doing things. And it's not a bad thing, but it can be discouraging. It can be unmotivating in itself when you feel like you can't get done what you, what you know in your mind and you have a vision for. So a three, a lot of times when I'm coaching a three is, you know, again, something we all need to hear, but to, to soak in those moments and then also be, be great that, and, or to embrace how you're wired is to do things. And so when you have the opportunity to communicate with your spouse, your partner, and those who will help create some time for you to get those things done and to move forward in some of your goals and dreams and you will be a better mom for it because you'll that will be soul feeling for you in itself. Now, the Enneagram 4 is known as the individualist and they are known as creative, but here's the deal. All the types 
are creative. Every type has the ability to be creative. It's just that the four tends to move through life seeing things that other people miss, not because they need to fix it, but because they just notice the beauty and they really they really know how to make the ordinary extraordinary. And it's such a cliche phrase, but that is what fours do. They call me to wonder and to awe and to just notice things on a deeper level. A four also tends to be very engaged emotionally at a heart level. And, and they're my people who can sit in hard things and pain and grief. So they'll, they'll really advocate in their own home the emotional awareness, the in, the attunement to what's really going on. I know you're acting out, but what's really beneath the surface? And they will oftentimes be okay to take a little bit more time to process the feelings, process the emotion, have the conversation. And at the same time, the four is going to need the same thing. So with motherhood, <laughs> it's a lot of mundane So a four is going to need to find opportunities where they can explore that extraordinary in whatever format or fashion that is for them and to also retreat and withdraw and just to have a little bit more time to be in their imagination or put their hands to something that is an expression of their creativity. So they, so they don't lose a sense of self in the process because that's really important to them. Okay, the five is known as oftentimes as the investigator. The investigator, the type five, also is a f- within that four, five, and nine withdrawing, retreating communication style. And a, a, a five moves through life going, I need more energy and I need more information, which, as you can imagine, a uh, Enneagram five mom, oh, there is a lot of challenges there because. Motherhood drains all your energy, and there's no not a whole lot of time for research and information gathering. It's trial by fire most of the time, right? You just have to live and learn. And that is very, very uncomfortable for a type five. A five really loves knowledge. It's not just that they're bookish. They they really desire to know the whole picture before they step forward or move into something. So they might even have researched what it looks like to be a parent for a really long time before they step into that. And they'll probably be the one who have read all the pregnancy books and, you know, breastfeeding or bottle feeding and, you know, having the best birth plan and all that sort of stuff, not to be the best, but to feel like they are really prepared and they have all the information that they need to know in order to step into this next thing. The five also needs to feel that permission to step back and retreat so they can make the plan. But then the invitation is to step away from the plans and move into action and experience, especially inviting your kids to that process and inviting others to that process. Because we all need each other. Every type needs community and to do things in community. So it's while well, yes, you might recharge alone. You also need one another, and it's learning how to step in and out of those as gracefully as possible, <laughs> which <laughs> which it's a practice. There's no arriving. <laughs> okay, so we've got two more. The Enneagram 6 is known as the loyalist. The 6 sometimes gets a bad rap of being super fearful, but here's the deal. Enneagram 6s are some of the most courageous people I know. 
because they have an inner committee telling them what to do all the time and all the different opinions, it takes a lot of courage to step out to do whatever they do. Enneagram sixes also, or the loyalists, have a an amazing ability to make detailed plans because sometimes, unfortunately for them, they think about the worst case scenario all the time. So they're they're our friend who, when we go to Target, they know all the exits. So if the fire alarm works off, <laughs> goes off, we follow them because <laughs> they have planned the escape route and they know where to go. But they also know how to like charge in the face of danger. I really think that sixes, Enneagram sixes, were ready for these last two and a half years. They had already known the worst case scenario that could happen and they were prepared for it. And they almost felt safer in the state of emergency than they did when there was <laughs> leading up to it, or even now in these ambiguous times and the rules keep changing and there's different information and you go into one store and it's this way and you go into one clinic and it's that way. And that feels way more uncertain and unsafe than all of the the processes and procedures that kind of have been in place. So a six really creates a safe environment. They also just there, there's a steadiness and a loyalty to them. And, and just as I said, not a nod to the courage. There's when, when they do hard things, it, they really are giving it their all. They're really stepping into, to that, that inner strength that maybe they didn't even think they had, but they have that available. And that's something that they can really teach their children to, to stand up in the face of fear and to not back down and to also plan really well and be ready in case of emergency. They are your friend who have the band-aids and the neosporin and maybe the alcohol wipes in their purse ready to go <laughs> on themselves when you're at the playground and you didn't bring your um, first aid kit. So. so basically like they're mo- the most likely to survive the zombie apocalypse. Like they're ready. hundred uh, percent. No <laughs> doubt about it. They will. They will be surviving. <laughs> so oh man. Okay. And last but not least, the Enneagram 7. They're known as the enthusiast. And I can speak a lot to this personality trait where they sort of, the five has an insatiable appetite for knowledge. A seven has an insatiable appetite for adventure and experience. They are someone who sometimes gets a little too excited about all the things and I maybe overcommit and overplan. I don't overprepare. I just overbook. And, and I have, you know, the Lord has blessed me with three assertive children. So they all fit in that communication style. So they're, they're, you know, very aggressive and loud and rambunctious and I can handle it because I can just escape to my happy place and my mind and my imagination and make my plans and make my trips and plan things for my business and all the fun things there. And, and I, and I can do pretty well with that. Sevens are also the moms who maybe have signed their kids up for all the things, not in order to make sure they're the best at all the things, but that they get to do all the things. I didn't realize that my superpower fell in this vein of of thinking. And I kind of took on a family tradition from my husband's side, the family called Super Summer Challenge. And I just loved it. And I did it for my kids from an early, early age. And now I know why I loved it so much because it was planning and I was planning fun things and I was planning rewards and celebration. And, and you know, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's why I loved it so much. And that's why I love to teach it. The downside for the seven is similar to say even like the three where I, 
I have to remember to be fully present and not be thinking about the next fun thing or what I want to plan or or do or scheme even. I need to just take in the moment, the goodness of the moment, whether it's the mundane of motherhood or it's the, the current project that I'm working on and to focus in a little bit more methodically and slowly walk my way through it. So anyway, there's so much to say about all the types. It's always hard for me to give them in a nutshell, but there you go. In a not so short nutshell, that's all the nine types for you. Amazing. Well, and you have your own podcast as well. So, you know, if people wanted to learn more about all of this, this is where they can go, right? Totally. Last spring, I did an episode on each type, each, each Enneagram type got their own 30 minutes. So you can take a deep dive that way as well. So I, you had mentioned this a few times throughout, but I mean, I'm not, I feel like I haven't figured out exactly where my kids fall yet as far as their personality types, but I have a gist of like, I definitely know my oldest is, is in a certain area. And then my, my second born is 100% an Enneagram eight. And I find it extremely hard <laughs> to parent her. <laughs> Yeah. So it's like, it's like part of me is like so happy and proud, but the other part of me is like, how am I going to raise this person? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I do, but it is so, (laughs) like you said, understanding like where your children might fall within this, it helps you in your parenting skills and it helps you to, to connect with them on the level and meet them where they are. And I'm a, I'm a true believer, you know, the way I parent and as a mother, I, I don't think they all need the same type of parenting. So, you know, one of my children might be, they all might be doing something wrong, but the solution to to each individual child is going to be totally different because I know that, you know, my oldest is going to understand this way of communication, whereas my second child is going to need a totally different way of communication in order to understand what has happened and, and how to go from there and how to, how to, you know, make it better. And so it's definitely helped me as a mom parenting my own children and understanding where they need me to come from in order to make them, you know, better people and more empathetic and all of those things. It's, 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 it's a science. I feel like, you know, it's not just telling them all the same thing and and hoping they'll all just get it because they won't because they all function totally differently, right? They're all looking at you with these, the same glasses, but not the same perspective. So they're like, wait, what? (laughs) You know? And so, yeah, when you put four kids in the mix, I'm, a basket case because I'm like, well, and not all day. And, you know, I fail very frequently and that's okay because, you know, it is hard. You don't always have the time to say, okay, well, I need to parent all of these children differently because they all learn differently and they all understand differently. But little things they hear in there where you can kind of cater to each child differently and and give them that different attention that they need is is really awesome. And and I've seen that type of improvement in my kids. So yes. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think the a couple of rules here is that I would say don't ever type your kids, but Use the Enneagram with your kids and for your kids and for your parenting. If you remain a student of your children, which all of that, clearly you are, you're staying curious, you're asking questions, you're you're staying attuned to their feelings and what they need. Over time, as they get older, not only 
understanding those communication styles, as I outlined at the beginning, kind of going, okay, where do they fit in that? And then over time, also observing how do they make decisions? What are the mo- What's the emotional motivation behind it? Those will be really strong indicators and clues that you can use in, just like you said, how you either there's a consequence or how you train them. How much, how much do you push them? How much do you let them retreat? Those little nuances are really, really helpful. Plus, as they get older, you have these conversations with them. I'm constantly, much to my middle daughter who does seem to fall under the Enneagram 8 profile as well. She sometimes rolls her eyes at me when I start talking Enneagram, but she really does love it. And that's kind of the thing I've learned about her. Of like, she's going to give you a hard time. She's going to push back, but that's just how she is. But all of that to say, they really do love being asked those intentional questions. And they know I'm investigating and prodding a little bit. And every time I learn something new and new about that type in general, or just new about them of, of how they see it, because again, every personality type has its unique nuances that we need to take an account for. So absolutely don't type your kids, but do use it with your kids and it can transform your parenting for sure. Are there any specific tests that you recommend that you have taken and like the best or I know there's so like when you Google it, there are so many different options. There are and a of lot. course <laughs> a lot of people talk about, you know, that simple that the twelve dollar one. There's yeah. also free ones, of course, but I know that the twelve dollar one at least goes much more in depth than mm-hmm. you know, you can do a free one. But I do feel as though I was able to get a better understanding of you know, the type in general. And then of course your connections with different types like through the one that I ended up paying for. But I'd love mm-hmm. to hear what you have to say about that. Yeah, I, that was one of the first that I took as well was the paid for one. And it's Enneagram Institute. I I also have, I have two different tests as well because a lot of times Enneagram quizzes don't work. And I hesitate oftentimes even directing people to that for the first time because it the ultimate thing, and this is the caveat I give for both of the tests that one of them I have... I have in partnership with your Enneagram coach, which some people maybe have heard. You can Google that and we'll put the link in the show notes and all that stuff. But I have a a quiz that's associated with them that's a little bit more straightforward and it's asking specific general, specific, (laughs) I mean, generalized questions. The, The best frame of reference I can encourage people is when you take any quiz, answer as your 18 year old self. Now, for some of us, that was a while back, and it might be hard to remember, but some of those maybe college, career, early career days, if you can remember some of your thought process, motivations behind your actions or what you would have done, then is way more true to how you're really motivated. I also have created a quiz, and unfortunately, it's just it's this um, caveat I give all the time, which is... You have to put your email again and again, and I promise you won't get spammed, but it walks you through the communication style like I outlined today, and then also the decision-making style, and it gives you information for a couple of weeks after about those so you can dive a little bit deeper and other resources. I like to resource people, but those those are different ways that you can kind of you know, step into, or again, the Enneagram Institute, you pay the 12, it might be 11, $12 and you can take it as well and learn a bunch of information, even on their website, that's just free. So there are a lot of free resources 
try a couple of them. And then I like to tell my clients, especially when they can't figure it out, there's, I mean, I use a lot of different methods with those who come to me for coaching or even on Instagram, if they're messaging me and they're going, I can't find out my type. And there's sometimes just, if they're torn between the two, there's a couple of questions I can give them. And if they can honestly answer them, then that might help them. But ultimately I go, just try it on. Just Put on the number and see if it's fitting. Read a little bit more about it. Dive in deeper and observe yourself. This is really a gift for yourself. Yes, you'll want to take it to your kids, your parenting, your circle, your home, all all those different things. But it's really, this is what you can give yourself is this gift of self-awareness and explore, why am I really doing this? Or am I responding from a place of shame, anger, or anxiety? Like being able to name the fact that anxiety was really ruling the day, not medical diagnosed anxiety, but an emotional, anxious response to things. Whoa, that was a game changer. I could, once I could identify it, I could move through that and find ways to, whether it's mitigate or solve it or soothe it or whatever it was that the core emotion that was troubling or hindering me or causing me to get stuck. Being able to name that is is really, really helpful. So all of those things, just give yourself that gift of time and the self-awareness, self-reflection process, and you'll eventually figure out your type. And I promise you, you are a type and you I really adhere to the idea that you have been that type your whole life. That's a a nature. Nurture is lines of stress and growth and wings and all those sort of things. But you can dive into that later. Just have fun for now exploring and see what maybe fits for now. Yes. And are there any like specific books that you recommend? Because there's quite a few out there. And yeah. yeah. So if somebody wants to read more about it. Yeah. There's a couple, I think probably depends on your stage of life. If you want more of a, a primer version, I recommend The Road Back to You. It's well-known. If you are married, then I recommend Becoming Us. And that is by Jeff and Beth McCord. And I should say The Road Back to You is by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stipp. And then another one that I have really loved that has a faith perspective and is similar to my worldview. And that is a book called Self to Lose, Self to Find. And that is by Marilyn Van Sill. Now, all of those authors have other books as well, but those are probably a good place to begin. The Road Back to You, I believe, was mentioned. My friend Carla talked about that one a lot. And like you said, I think it's, yeah. it is pretty well known and people like rave about that book. So yes, I have yep. not. I actually have it on my bookshelf. It's one of the millions of books that I have collected <laughs> over the years. And I'm getting much better at reading, but it's still very hard to find time. <laughs> well, yeah, come on. Let's look at your life for a second. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> I know. It's like, I love it so much, but it's like, it's it's hard to get into that like... It's just, it's hard for me. It's hard for me as an Enneagram 8 to sit still and read yeah. a book. <laughs> it's real. It's real. <laughs> all right. So I have two quick questions for you that I ask all my interviewees. So the first question is, if you could give advice to moms, what would it be? And it doesn't have to be about anything that we discussed today. Ooh. Well, I maybe hinted at it before, <laughs> but a seven's fear is being trapped, limited, or bored. And in those early stages with three kids, three and under, I thought it was going to always be this way. 
I thought I was never going to get sleep again. I just, I had no frame of reference. And this is a little bit different than the old ladies telling you, oh, you'll miss this someday. I don't miss it. I do not miss it. Let me be clear. (laughs) I do not miss it. (laughs) It just simply, simply would have been nice to know, oh, someday there'll be teenagers and you'll have to be waking them up at 11 a.m. on a Saturday morning. (laughs) Or or you'll be able to pursue some of those things that you love to do again. You won't always Mm -hmm. be trapped. (laughs) It won't always be mundane. So I just encourage you if you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm like, is this always going to be like this? It's okay. You too will find yourself again and you'll come up for air and have more time for the things that you love too. I love my teenagers. It's its own challenge, but I way would take this over those early years. Really? 100%. Oh, see, I, I feel like people would find this very encouraging. Oh, yeah. Please find it I encouraging. Feel like people In fact, get scared of, I mean, you know. I think about this all the time. I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to raise? Like I have three girls and one boy, but I'm like really scared yeah. of like raising teenage girls for some reason. <laughs> I well, just they are- my own self and I'm like, no, 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 no. I can't raise three of those. No. <laughs> you can. You so got this. Uh-huh. And in fact, my oldest is going to be 16 here shortly. And I, she is really becoming a friend sometimes. And I'm so excited about this. We've, we're kind of just you know, kind of sometimes crossing over that threshold. I'm a real big advocate that you are your kid's parent, not their friend. And then you're building the relational inroads so that way you can be their friend. But every once in a while I get to experience of, oh, we really like each other. And I think we'll enjoy doing things together for a long time. Not only do we sometimes now, but anyway, and even my Enneagram 8 is feisty. And as much as she push pushes back, I'm grateful for my eight wing and we can go at it sometimes. And then other times she's like my lovey dovey huggy. Like she's always been my octopus baby where she like <laughs> had to be held all the time. But yeah, I can speak to that. And my, and my teenage boy, really, he's, he's become a teenager. That's just fun. Yeah. There's way more testosterone than he knows to do with, but He's still like just sweet and I just, there's a precious relationship there that I, I just feel excited that when they have their own families and their own people, it'll just be, it'll just be adding to the blessing and not taking away. So yeah, it's okay. Don't be scared. Yes. It's its own challenge, but moms, you can do it. Yeah. Well, you always hear, you always hear people say, this is just file this under like people, the things people say about motherhood that drive you all crazy, but you know, they'll be like, (laughs) well, you know, bigger people, bigger problems. And I'm like, you know, it's like the big eye roll. Like, okay, please. Like, what are you, what are we trying to achieve here with that? Like, are you trying to tell me, oh, it's really hard now. And oh, just wait till they get older. Like how helpful (laughs) is that? Not not helpful at all. Not helpful. (laughs) Stop with that. But yeah, I could probably, you know, we could all probably write books about things, you know, people say to us over and over and over again as mothers that drive us, you know, through the wall. (laughs) That's one of them. Drives me crazy. Because I'm like, I don't know. I feel like that's just, you know, like maybe that's your experience, but it doesn't have to be everybody's. Mm -hmm. But I think if you lay the inroads now to good communication and healthy boundaries and stay curious of all of those things, they really do 
lead into this time not being as horrible as some would say. Yes, it's super hard, but every stage is hard. That is just parenting. There's no, I mean, even when they become adults, there's going to be a level of hard because you're letting them go or you don't get to be around each other. They have different opinions than you, but but it's also really precious and and full of goodness. So Yes. Fear not. Fear not. Fear <laughs> not, my friends. So last question is, if you could make one meal for your family that everybody would eat that's relatively quick and easy, what would it be? Oh, hamburgers, hand down. Okay. What do you put on your hamburgers? Like just regular? <laughs> no, really. Like I put- buy the pre-made patties from Costco that are like oh, grass-fed Costco. beef. Like, you smell my heart. <laughs> Everything from Costco. Anyway. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> Yep. And then we have some in the family who are gluten-free. So we have our gluten-free buns. We have our regular buns. And then, man, if I could put avocado, sauteed mushrooms, lettuce, tomato, onion, the works, maybe some bacon even. Mm. Oh. Okay. Yes. I'm really hungry. Right? So <laughs> The sauteed mushrooms and onions will sell me every time. We had this, oh, yes. we had this little place, like this little dive where I used to live that everybody would go to. And it had like, you know how McDonald's has like the flatter flat buns and they're kind of like thin. Anyways, these were even thinner and flatter than that. Okay. So imagine like the thin flat buns. So the buns are not what you're really looking for here, but the burger, it wasn't like, it was like fall apart burger meat. It was like, oh my gosh. And then they would like put on this, the most amazing, like probably American cheese with like a, like a pile of sauteed onions, a pile of sauteed mushrooms. And I was just like, why is this so the good. best thing I have ever tasted in my entire life? <laughs> like, we talk about it. So good. Yeah. Yum. So good. Anyway. Yeah, it's a win for everybody and yeah. it's relatively easy. Yes, it is. <laughs> Throw them on the grill. You're done. Yep. You got it. All right, Amy, this was awesome. Thank you so much oh, for coming yay. on. This was so great. I really appreciate you taking the time to teach us more about the Enneagram. It was truly my pleasure. Thanks for asking and... I'm excited for wherever anybody finds themselves in this journey. Just take the next step. Awesome. Thanks, Amy. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. All resources mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes on lindsayandco.com. To continue these important conversations, head over to Motherhood Meets Medicine on Instagram. Let me know what you learned from this episode and who you would love to hear from next. I always love getting feedback from you. If you're finding value in this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. This will help us to reach even more women from around the world. I'll catch you next week. Until then, don't forget to find some time to unplug, unwind, and have a little fun. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.